we are in 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 33. It says, For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. The Apostle Paul is telling the Corinthian church uh, that God is not the author of confusion, but the God of peace. And that is the context of verse 33. He's specifically talking uh, about their church services and how the church service was rolling. And uh, we went through that on Wednesday night. He talked about it. We went verse by verse, looked at the whole chapter. But it's interesting that in the New Testament, the Bible does not give us a specific outline for church services. How many songs? Should we do two songs, five songs, nine songs? How long the sermon should be? One hour, two hours, three hours, uh, right? And so there is a lot of latitude for different styles of ministry, and there is a wide spectrum of styles of ministry, and, and, and that's good. Uh, but we know the Bible does give us a model for church in the book of Acts, the early church when it started out in Acts 2.42. It tells us they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And so there were these four aspects of uh, church, right? And that was studying the word of God, be, uh, you know, fellowship, which that word is kononia in the Greek, which is close relationships. It's not just show up, say hi, bye, but it was, you know, people knew each other's names. Like, Pastor Bob, you don't know my name. I'm, I will. I just got to talk to you a few times. But, and then breaking bread, having communion, and then prayer, right? So we know that there, these were things that were done in church. And then Paul told Timothy in Timothy 4, 1 Timothy 4, 13, Till I come, give attention to reading, exhortation, and doctrine. And so, you know, one of the primarily, primary functions of the church, uh, early church, was teaching and studying the scriptures uh, and exhorting people to obey the scriptures uh, and, and to teach doctrine. And so, uh, you know, that's what we do here in our church services. Ephesians 5, 19, he said, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So there's a place for songs in our church services. And so, uh, you know, the Bible does give us structure for church, but not exactly how many songs. Now, in the church at Corinth, uh, it was out of control, and they were doing a bunch of weird things, and they would interrupt each other during church. Someone would, you know, uh, multiple people, Paul said, were speaking in tongues, and there was no one interpreting, and it was quite chaotic. And uh, so he tells us in verse 26, uh, he says, how is it then, and he's speaking to the Corinthian church, brethren, you Christians there at the church, Whenever you come together, each of you has a psalm, has a teaching, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. So Paul was saying to them, there's a lot of confusion in the church because everyone wants to interject their part, right, during the church service and drawing attention away from the worship of Jesus and drawing attention to themselves. And he's saying that was not edifying for the people in the church. And so it made church services kind of confusing. And Paul said, people come to your services and they're kind of confusing. In fact, they were, they were just being rude to each other. God is not the author of confusion. God is not doing that in the church, right? God is not confusing people. Uh, and, and so in verse 33, that's why Paul said that God is not the author of confusion, but of peace as in all the churches of the saints. So God is a God of order, right? And uh, you students of the Bible know that, that uh, it's very clear that God does not want church services to be conducted in such a way where it's chaotic and confusing. And that's what we looked at on Wednesday night. Now, he says in verse 40, let all things be done decently and in order. And he's talking about the church services. So he's saying it should be orderly, shouldn't be confusing. In other words, the church service should be done in such a way that when people come, that it's not confusing, but that they you know, are encouraged, they're edified, they learn doctrine, they're being taught, they're being uh, encouraged to obey the word of God. So then he says in verse 33, for God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. Of peace. Now, what he's saying is, God doesn't cause confusion in the church, and just as God is not the author of confusion in the church, so too God is not the author of confusion 
in our lives, right? Uh, and and some, someone might be thinking, well, Pastor Bob, then how is it that so often sometimes Christians are confused about their lives? Well, we know the Bible tells us that we can be authors of confusion in our own lives by rebelling against God's rules for life. How do we do that? Well, James 13 gives us an example in verse 14 where it says, but if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your hearts and, and do not boast and lie against the truth, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. So he's saying, if you're, you're envious and you're self-seeking, don't think that that's spiritual and that's from God. That's, that, that wisdom is not from God. He says in verse 16, for where envy and self-seeking exist, confusion and every evil thing are there. So the Bible tells us how to live a good life, right? The Bible tells us if you want to live a good life, it, it tells us how to, and, and, it, and you don't need to go to the Christian bookstore and buy a how-to book. You can just read the Bible. It tells you how to have a good marriage, how to be a good parent, how to manage your finances, uh, you know, how to have good relationships with your friends, what a good work ethic is. The Bible is the source for us of morality and values, right? So it tells us all those things. Now, when I choose to follow my fleshly desires and rebel against God's design in any of those areas or all of those areas and choose to not obey God's rules, God's instructions, then what happens? I bring confusion to myself. The good news is, and I love this, that Paul says to the church there in verse 33, and we can apply it to our personal lives, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, right? So perhaps if you have some confusion in your life today, you need to know that it's not from God. God is not pushing confusion into your life, and God doesn't want you to live a life of confusion. Who does? Well, the kingdom of darkness does, right? And so uh, the good news is, verse 33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. And so it's so wonderful to know that God is able to bring order out of chaos anywhere, anytime, anyhow. In fact, the very first chapter of the Bible, Genesis 1, verse 2, it says, the earth was without form and void, right? In other words, it was disorder. It was chaos. And the first chapter of the Bible talks about God bringing order to chaos, right? You just think about how complex the ecosystem is. God can help you bring order in your life in whatever chaos or confusion that you're facing. And that is just the great hope that we have. And you know, we live in a society where people are confused, people are full of anxiety and angst and fear, and people are just looking for peace. And the Bible says that God can bring peace no matter what the circumstances in your life. Isaiah 26, three says this, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, right? God brings peace. And, and that's what Paul's saying, you know, to the church there in verse 33. God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. So he's saying, look, to the church, look, if there's confusion and chaos in your church, it's not God. It's you people being weird, right? And so too in our lives, right? If there's confusion and chaos in our lives, well, it's not God bringing it. God wants to bring order. He's the author of peace. But when we live in rebellion to his word, then we forfeit that peace, right? Uh, God's word tells me I should forgive people, but sometimes I want revenge, and I don't want to obey God's word, right? God's word tells me that I should love my enemy, but sometimes I want to hate my enemy. And God's word tells me that I should do good to those who spitefully use me, but sometimes I want to hurt them, right? And we lose peace when we disobey God's word. God's word tells me to turn the other cheek, but sometimes I want to turn their cheek with a spinning back kick. When we rebel against his truth and against his word, it causes chaos. It causes confusion because he knows what's best for us. Ephesians 4.32 says this, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Now, I find that contrary sometimes to my sinful nature, to my, my bent, right? Sometimes I don't want to be kind to people, right? Um, if someone cuts me off, 
Or if I'm waiting for a parking spot at Costco, and I've been waiting for 30 minutes, and then the car finally pulls out, because they check the mirror, and they go, right, and then they finally pull out. <laughs> and then someone cuts in front of me. Do I feel, oh, tenderhearted and kind, right? I mean, that's, right? Sometimes I don't want to do what God's word says, right? And, and all of us have this, right? The apostle Paul, who was one of those spiritual people, said in Romans 7, 15, for what I will to do, that I do not practice, but what I hate, that I do. For the good that I will to do, I do not do, but the evil I will not do, that I practice, uh, right? What he's saying is, you know what? I sometimes do things I don't want to do. And, and here's the thing. We don't always want to obey God's word. Apostle Paul said, oh, who will deliver me from this flesh, right? He said, thank God, Jesus Christ, right? He'll deliver me. And, and we all need to be honest with ourselves. It doesn't matter how much you go to church. It doesn't matter how good you think you are. Sometimes we don't want to do what God says, right? And you think, pastor, is that for you? No, I always want to. <laughs> no, for me too, right? Especially <clears throat> because here's the thing. We have this sinful nature. And, you know, if someone says something rude to me, you know, the Bible says, if someone attacks me, the Bible says, Proverbs 15, 1, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. So I have a choice, right? I can do what God's word says. I can, soft answer, I'm sorry. I was waiting for 30 minutes for that spot. And you just came around the corner and took it from me. Okay, all right, well, go ahead. There's a definition for love for Christians, right? Love suffers long. <laughs> go ahead. I'll suffer some more in the parking lot, whatever. Or I can get out of my car and, you know, bang on their window and, you know, whatever, and, and, and just, you know, allow my flesh to run my life. Now, which one do you think is going to produce peace in my life? Just saying, take the spot, move on, Bob. <laughs> or getting out and banging on the window. <laughs> the guy's going to get out with his AR. <laughs> All right, pastor. You said you're not afraid to go. Here we go. <laughs> right? But God's word tells us how to live a peaceful life. And, but if I respond according to the flesh, then what does it do? It stirs up trouble. It stirs up anger. And, you know, it's like pouring gasoline on a fire. Now, when we do that, that's not God telling us to do that because God is the author of peace. And God wants me to have peace. He wants you to have peace. Too often, you know, if I disobey God or we disobey God's instructions, then we can go through life just from one conflict to another. Now, I don't want to do that because I, it doesn't seem good to me, right? Does it seem good to you to be a person? And I'm sure everyone in this room knows someone who they go through life and it's just one conflict to the next conflict. Whoever they have a conflict with today, <clears throat> well, when that's done, then they find somebody else tomorrow. And when that's done, they find somebody, right? It's just, and then it's from one crisis to the next crisis. And their life is just a constant state of mayhem, like that Allstate commercial. It's like they're best friends with that guy. <clears throat> they want to follow him around. <laughs> they just want mayhem. They love mayhem. <laughs> now, I, I read a book about your brain last year, and he said that some people have brain damage, and they want to be mayhem's best friend, and they want to live with that. But <clears throat> God doesn't want you to live in a state of mayhem, right? He doesn't want you to, to inflict yourself with unnecessary grief. I mean, because there's enough trials and issues that go on in life that you have no control over, but constant conflict with others, it causes chaos. It causes, you know, angst. It causes trouble, and God doesn't want that. And so he says in verse 33, God is not the author of confusion, but of peace. 